Okay, we are continuing. The Yerucha Shurim, Shurim for Chaydesh Shvat, have been sponsored by the Grimberger family. Um, and we are starting a new topic, and this is the Halachas of Shtorois, Halachic Deals and Documents. Very fascinating topic. And that'll be the whole month. Bez Hashem. Okay, so we will be starting Chelek Aleph. Now, on the, uh, uh, there's no page number, but after the uh, table of contents, there's a page here, you can see it, that uh, the first page that has Sugya introduction, concepts will be discussed in the coming four weeks Sugya, and um, we'll be talking, it's just a very nice uh, kitzer of what we're going to be talking about. Um, just quickly run through it. Um, the types of shtaris, different types of documents. There is a ksav yodai, person writes his own IOU, um, that, uh, and he signs it, um, or he writes it himself, whichever way it is. And um, this is a binding uh, halachic document, even if there is, uh, are no witnesses. Um, so, therefore, someone has to be very careful about signing documents without careful attention to the details that are within a document because once you sign it you are bound to it you don't say well where was the kinyan and where were the witnesses and where it doesn't know it doesn't work that way if you sign your name on something you're bound that in itself is binding and he says right over here that nowadays with formal contracts anyways there's needs for counter signatures and things are sent back and forth and, and finalized. So it's unlikely for significant changes to happen without your person's knowledge. But at the end of the day, a person has to know that um, even though when you learn about in the Gemaras and you learn all about Shtaris and Edim and Kinyanim and all types of stuff, that, those are, that, that uh, is a type of star, but there's also a star that I write, I owe you money, or I sign on the bottom that uh, to, uh, I obligate myself to everything of the above, and that is a binding star. And this... My question is going to come later on in the studio, uh, but electronic signatures. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that later on in the, in the not, not this week, but it's going to come up eventually, um, somewhere along the line. It's going to come up, yeah. Um, and then there is, the second one is Edim of Witnesses. And um, this, these types of shtaris, as if you remember from, from different Gemaras and Hukhaz Gittin and things like that, you, there's many requirements because we're worried that the Edim signatures might be misused for fraudulent purposes. Therefore, you can't leave blank spaces and things like that. That's why whenever you, you, know, you notice in your ksuba, whenever they write something there, there's a line all the way to the end. There's no blank spaces. And the same thing is with, with shtaris. Whenever there's witnesses on it, we're always nervous about blank spaces. Okay, um, let's not do uh, the items that could... All right, so th those are the two types of shtaris. And uh, the rest of the things here, which are, we're going to talk about items that can modify or nullify a contract. There's stipulations, time you can make in it. There's asmachta. Asmachta, um, we've had this before also, when you exaggerate about something, sometimes you put a penalty clause in a, in a, doc, in a, in a in agreement. You know, if anyone backs out of it, it's a million dollar penalty. That's not really binding in halacha because asmachta lekanya. 
when you obligate yourself to a penalty that you never think is going to happen, and uh, so it's loikanya. So in order for penalties to work, it has to be the star has to be written halachically in a proper way, which we will talk about later on in the shurim. But um, this, so so you know, a lot of things perhaps that are in a uh, legal document, if you really want them to be halachically binding, which they should be, because if there's ever a dispute, you should end up in Besdin and not in a court. So it makes sense for any time a person does any type of big deal like this. Um, to have it looked over by a Dayan or a Bezdin to make sure that all these types of things, that if you want them to work, they have to have the right halachic terms for them to actually be binding. Um, then there is agreement validation clauses, which we're going to talk about as well. Kabbalah's Das Yachid, which is an interesting concept, is also a very important thing to have in a document. And that is, normally we know we follow the majority. And whenever there's a suffix, you go with the muhsuk. You go with the muhsuk, um, and you say like, right? How might love haraya? So um, there are there. Um, so uh, there's when it comes to um, of contracts, there's many many different machleiksim in the paiskim, and very often a regular document that's going to come to the bezdin or to a or to a rav. There's going to be very often a machlaikis, and then because it's a suffix, you're going to be say hamaiti mechaver lavaraya. So the kabbalas das yachid is a clause that's put in to say that even if a minority of paiskim say the shtar is kosher, so it's binding. So therefore, that's a very important, um, and that goes even even against the muhsuk. So basically, you write in the shtar that we're willing to accept that even if there is one shita that holds that this is a binding, it'll work. And then you could be able to be mighty, be able to be mighty from the muhsuk. So it's also a very important thing because the a lot of you have a legal document and you don't have this in there, and it'll come to Bez and Bez will say, Listen, we're sorry to Machlaikas there's no way you could collect because of a mighty mechavaraya. So if you have Kabbalah in there, it'll make it binding. Bitul Maida is a uh, if a person wants to invalidate a contract by saying it was agreed under duress. So, and he, they can make a disclaimer called a maidah beforehand that said, but uh, by the way, I'm going to, fill, to, to do a deal, he tells to aid him, and I'm doing this, uh, you know, under duress, and I don't really want it to work. And then, when later on, they try to make it work, or he brings his aidim and says, look, I was maidah, maidah. So there's a concept of bitul maidah. That means that before you do any deal, you say that any type of um, uh, any types of claims that I said of a maida, I am being mevatala right now, and therefore they're not valid. It's a very important thing. When someone gives a get, they have to do that as well. They have to be mevatala all maida. He says, but get, it's a very serious thing because there, if chas v'shalom, the get isn't really good, so then she's an ashes ish. Right, so later on he's going to wake up and say, "Oh, by the way, that get I gave a month ago, I was I, I made a maida that it was under duress, and now she's meanwhile remarried." And yet, I'm saying it's a very serious thing. So there, there's before the the husband gives the get, he's mavatel all maidas, he's mavatel all these types of things. So that's another um, um, important thing to put into a contract. We're going to talk about non-compete agreements and see how that is. That's a very um, it's a very hot issue nowadays. Non-compete agreements, are they valid? How are they valid? Not so simple. Um, um, now, in that little, on the right, in the box, they write the importance of writing a contract. So they say, in secular law, the statute of frauds requires certain contracts to be in writing in order to be valid. 
However, in halacha, this is not the case. While there are some agreements that require a kinyan, usually a written contract is not necessary unless someone wants to put a lien on someone else's property. We're going to talk about that now because in, that's what we're going to start with because with a, a contract, you could, you could uh, collect from a shubadim. In other words, even if the person sold a field, you have a lien on that field. You could take it away from the purchaser. So... That, that's the only time you really need a, a contract. However, the Gemara in Ezel Neshek says that someone who lends money without witnesses is over on this of because you're giving a person an opportunity to deny and lie and say that you never lent him the money. It's very easy for the borrower to deny it. And this is not only when it ref- just referring to loans. It's any type of scenario where you're giving money or assets to someone um, without the proper corroboration. And a contract... Um, make sure that this is very clear that this happened and therefore you wouldn't have this isser of um, putting a stumbling block and giving a person the ability to deny what was going on. So this is a very good, uh, whoever put this together, it was a very good, um, you know, um, sikum, yeah, and a foreword of uh, introduction of what, uh, of the different things we're going to talk about. So let's go now to page number 10. And we'll start with the first sugya. And that is a Mishnah Mesechta Baba Basra, Perak Yud, Mishnah Ches, Hamalvas Chavere Bishtar, Goyve Minachas Mishabadim. Someone who lends his friend, and there's a document attest to the lending, so then when he collects, he could collect even from Nechasim Mishubadim. Even if there's, he sold the property, the Loiva, the borrower sold property, the Malva comes to collect, he could go and collect from the purchaser because there's a lien on the property. And that's what the star accomplishes. The star creates the lien. Now the star is signed by witnesses, and therefore it creates a coil. It creates also a uh, uh, people know about it, and therefore it's a buyer beware because you know when you buy it, there's a lien on this property, and it's possible it might be taken away from you. Al yidayedim, but if it's only through witnesses, meaning it's an oral loan, even if there's witnesses there. However, only However, you can only collect from property that the person owns at the time. You can't go to the property that had been sold. So those are the two types of um, two types of, of lending. Now it's interesting. The the Rav points out that um, when you when you lend with a document with a contract, even if it doesn't say in the contract that the lender takes achrayas, meaning that you're allowed to collect from fields or land that he sold, we hold achrayas toy seiferhu. There's a machlaikas in the Gemara. If you don't see it specifically in the contract that the lender has the right to collect from property that was sold, the meaning that he had a lien on your property and he could take it away from whoever purchased it, we hold, even if it doesn't say it there, Achrayis Toysa, if it was just a mistake and it's an automatic thing, that anytime you have a, a contract, a document, you're able to collect from Nechas and Mishubadeh. Now the last halach of the Mishnah is, If you go and you have a handwritten IOU, Ksav Yodai. So there's no witnesses here. It's not a regular star. It's just a document that says that the lender himself wrote IOU $100. So Goivim and Nechasim Nechayim, that also does not create a lien. And he could only collect from Nechasim um, Nechayim. So we have here 
in this Mishnah, two types of documents. One is a contract that's called a shtar, Amavas Chavera Bishtar, and that's with witnesses and with all the details and halachas that a contract needs, a document needs to have. And that is binding that it could even put a lien onto the Nechazim. And then there's the IOU, the Ksav Yadai, the handwritten uh, promissory note, that that does not collect from Nechazim Meshubadim, only from Nechazim uh, B'nai Chayrim. Now, Let's look on page 11. So on page 11, um, there's an interesting Gemara here in Bava Basar of Ayin, and it's the last skinny line, right before it gets wide. Boimenei Rav Amram Rav Chista. Rav Amram asked Rav Chista the following question. Hamafkir Bishtar. This is not talking about a loan. This is talking about you gave someone something to watch. Pikadon, you gave it to him, an article for him to watch. But you gave it to him with a document. In other words, there's a contract here that he's going to watch this thing for you. And now you come to him and you still have the document that says that you uh, deposited this thing by this guy. And he says to you, I, mean, I gave it back to you already. I gave it back to you. Mahu. What's the halacha? Mi amrina, do we say... If he would say, you're right, I had your stuff, but there was an Aynes, something beyond my control. And since I'm only a regular Shoymer, I'm not a Shoyal, I'm Potter from Aynesin, so therefore I don't have to give you anything. So So now that he says I gave it back, he's believed this is the concept of Amigu. Amigu means that the person should be believed with the claim that he's saying, why should he be believed? Because if he wanted to lie, he would have had a better claim to lie with that we would have believed him with. So that shows us that he's telling the truth. So here he could have tied it Nansu and he would have been Potter. So now that he's saying, I gave it back, he should be believed. Or do we say no? Say one second, that's not a Taina because there's a very strong proof against you. What's the strong proof against you? That is, why do I still have the document? If you gave me back what I deposited, you should have taken back the document and ripped it up. Because you know that this document says, I deposited something by you, and I want it back. So you should have taken it back. So that's the Gemara Shiloh. Could you say, my boy? Or could he say, I'm believed with a migu? So I'm a Muhammad. He's believed with the migu. What happened to that? The Maisa, why does he still have the document that says that he deposited boy. He says, what do you mean? And if he would taina that it was an oinus, right? Is that a claim why this guy still has a star? He still has a star because he never gave it back because there was an oinus. So the fact that I believe him with that migo is so strong that even though now when I say I gave it back, there theoretically is that claim, why didn't you take back the document? But since I'm using the power of the migo, which you couldn't claim that, because by an oinus, it, it, it's lost. So that's why you still have the document, because it got lost. So therefore... Um, you cannot claim Shtar Chabiyadi, my boy. That's the Gemara. Now, what's a Negea to us? So look the, at the bottom few lines of the Rashbam. Um, all the way at the bottom, uh, these wide lines here on the right side. Um, so he says like this. Um, 
he says, okay, the, in the second last line, five words from the end, or six words from the end. If a person lends money to his friend with a document, the, lend, the borrower cannot say, I paid you back. Right, because he'll say, one second, if, I, if, you, if you pay me back, why do I still have the note that says you owe me the money? And there's no migu in this case by a Why? What's the loiva going to say? The money got lost? Who cares if the money got lost? You still got to pay. Money, no, money is meant to be spent. You're not, you don't give back the original money. So therefore, the Rashbam is telling us that if I have a document, if I have a milva bishtar, and the power of the milva bishtar is not only that it, it makes a lien on the property, there's another mila, and that is that the, lend, the borrower cannot say, I paid back, because the lender will say, if you paid back, why do I still have the shtar? So a person, says the Rashbam, is not nemun to say parati, if the, if the lender has a shtar. So now the question is, what type of malva bishtar are we talking about here? We know there's two types so far. One is with Adim, the classic one with the lien, and then there's the IOU. What about an IOU? Is that the same? Could you also not say parati? Could, you also, could he also tell him, shtar chabiyadi, my boy, if you pay me back, why do I still have the document? So let's turn the page to page 12. On the top left-hand corner, we have a Rajba here. And in the second line, or the, the Rajba is going on the Gemara that says, That was our Mishnah that we read. The Rif writes, That in this case of an IOU, if the borrower says, I paid you already, he's believed. Because this document is not so strong. It doesn't give it the halachas of a milva bishtar. It only still has halachas of, a, of an oral milva. It doesn't make a lien. So you see it's not so strong. And this is a very important to understand this Svara. The Rif says, because since this star is not so strong that it allows you to collect from my Mishubadim, I don't really care to take it back. Because what big loss do I have already? It's not like you could go to my purchasers who bought my fields from me and go take, take the stuff away and pull out the star and take the land and then they come back to me with tainas. You can't do that. This doesn't have that power. So since it's not such a powerful thing, I pay you back and I leave it by you. I'm not so concerned. Even if it's paid back, you don't, you're not so makbid. But when you have a star with Edim, nobody leaves it there. First of all, like we said before, people know about it. People know about it. And now if people know that there is a document out there that has a lien on my things, I'm not going to be able to sell my uh, property for a good price because everyone's just going to buy it cheaply thinking one day they're going to lose it. So all my stuff is going to be um, uh, devalued. 
So I am very concerned that you should have a document that devalues all my property. People know I owe you money. No one's interested in that. That you make sure you get back. And since you make sure you get back, if you didn't have it back, my boy. that's a proof that you never really paid. Because if you paid, you would have gotten it back. Says the riff, but if it's just an IOU, an IOU doesn't make a big call because there's no witnesses. It doesn't put a lien on my property. So, you know what? If, I, if you give it back to me, fine. If not, I paid you and Zehu. So the, 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 um, the, the time of my boy is not so strong in that case. He could, yes, he could. But now, but the, the riff is saying, but since I could, if I come and say parati, so then you can't. If I say that I paid, so then I'm believed, and you can't take anything from me. But the, you're right, it's, it's like taking the card a little bit before the horse here. In other words, because on one hand you could say, if he could take the Bnei Chayrin, so I should have gotten it back. We're saying first, I leave it by you, so therefore I'm Nemon. You have to know how this works. Uchvar Kasafti, but the Rajba argues and he says, No, because I disagree. It's the same like any other star. Why would you leave it there? That's the Gemara we just read about the, the, uh, the depositor. And the Rajma says, over there I proved it, and I have Raya's Brurus. So we have a Machloikas Rishonim, if you have an IOU, handwritten Ksavyad, is the borrower believed to say Parati or not? According to the Rif, he is believed, and the fact that the star is still in the lender's hand is not a raya, because people aren't so makbit to get those back even after they paid. And the Rajva says, no, he is not believed. Why? Because if you would have paid back, you would have gotten back your IOU. How do we paskin? How do we paskin? So let's look on page 13. Page 13, Simon Samach Tesif Aleph. If you produce a uh, IOU, so you collect from Whether the person wrote himself the whole thing and signed it on the bottom, or someone else wrote it and IOU doesn't mean it's handwritten from the beginning necessarily someone else could write it and I sign it that's also called that's how contracts are contracts are not handwritten necessarily by the person when he signs it that's called that's an important thing now let's skip turn the page to the top of the next page on page 14 all the way at the top, at the end of the first line of the Shulchan Aruch, Avalim Toyin Parati Namon. However, in this case, if he says I paid back, he's Namon. Vinishba Hesis, he has to make a Shvuah Drabanon, Vinifter. Veinu Yochaloimer Shtarcha Biyodi, my boy. Shena Choishish Lanicha Biyodi, Kevan Shena Shtar Gomer. So the Shulchan Aruch is passing like the riff, like the riff that holds that. Um, the riff holds that you are Naman to say Parati. Now if you go down to the next little piece here in the Shulchan Aruch, and you'll see on the left side over there where that gray line is, that's the Ramah. 
The Eino Yochel Loimer Parati, and this goes on to the next page on 15 on the bottom, Al Ksivas Yodoi. Yeish Oimrim, you can't say Parati. That's the Rajba. So the Bechaber is passing like the Rif, Kedarkai, like the Rif, and that you're Nemon, and the Ramah is saying that you are not Nemon. Vein Ladayin Baze Elamash Eino Vroyas. And, um, and uh, the, but the Ramah says uh, the Dayan has to use his seichel to figure out what's going on over here to see if it's a good taina or not. So we have a machlaikas here. Now it's interesting, the shach, um, there's a very long shach here on the top of page 15. It actually starts on the bottom, um, of, well I shouldn't say the bottom, but in the middle of page 14, uh, right on top of the beer, oh there's an there's a arrow there. See the arrow there? Liyasar Ian, Vyashaim, Dani Yachal, Bechem Pasmasha, Akakal Shain Sma, Ulufiani is Daiti, okay, so I'm sorry. Vyashaim, Dani Yachal, Bechem Pasak, Mirash Zal, Akal Shain Sma. I don't know who the Mirash is. Um, oh, the Amshel Shlaime. The, so the, the Sma is saying that the Marshal, the Amshel Shlaime, Paskin, like the Ramah. That which is like the Rajba that you're not Naman, says the Shach, says the Shach, no, I paskin like the Machaber. She's for us Hagoinim, Harif, and he goes to the Tapi, Arambam, Marosh, Ramban, Balachumas, Tur, Maram, Ushar, Paiskim, Rishayim, Achrayim. And he has a whole long Arichas here, the Shach. And basically he says that um, the Halacha is. And he ends up at the end, it doesn't, we don't have the end here on this page, but he ends up the chain roy lahirais. That's the way to paskin, that a person is namon to say, to, to say, um, to say uh, parati. Um, and he says it's not even a suffix. It's not even a suffix. Even if there be a mitzimechavarilavarai here, for example, let's say the malvu would come and grab something, be typhus. So you'll say, yeah, it's a machloikas paiskim, I'm to make a veil of a The shach says, no, no. The halacha is clear. You could say parati, that means I paid, and if you took from me, you got to give it back. Now, this is a very interesting thing, how this plays out halacha lamaisa. Because if you look down in the Pischei Tshuva, on page 14, where there's another arrow, liyasar ion, he says like this, he brings down the third line, Ayin Berhetev, that the Berhetev brings down the whole shach we just mentioned. Ayin Betumim, Tumim is the Rebbe Rebbeinus and Ibshitz, Shekosav Dechiluf Ksav Hanoyangim Izmanenu, Nagu Kol Bezim Bisrael Lifsaik Deinei Neman Loimer Parati. So Rabbianis and Ayavisha says, no, the Tumim says, the minig nowadays is that when you have a star that people give to each other, I owe you. So the minig is that we paskin, you're not neman to say parati. So it seems like he's going with the Ramah against the Shach. So he says, why? Now you'll say, okay, there's one halacha of dina de machusa. Dina de machusa is when you make a document with a contract, so you're not neman to say that you paid it back, unless if you did, you got to get a receipt or tear it up. He says no, but it's more than that. You have to go back to the Svara. What was the Rif Svara? The Rif Svara, why am I allowed to say Parati, is a very simple Svara. Because, because I am not so makbid to get back my star. Because what are you going to do with it already? Right? 
What are you going to do with the shtar already? It doesn't put a lean. It doesn't make a coil. I don't care so much. But what happens if there is a reason why I want to make sure to get back to shtar? For example, since in civil law, if you would take out that shtar in a court of law, a civil court of law, they would make me pay. So what am I going to do? I'm going to make sure to get that back. Not because the halacha says that the shtar has any validity to it. Because Dina, and not because of Dina de Machusa Dina, because we follow the law of the land. Not because we're following the law of the land. But since there is a law of the land, that if you're going to take that document to court, they're going to make me pay, you know what? If I actually paid you, I'm going to make sure to get it back. Again, the Rift's whole svara was that when I pay back something, I'm not so makbid to get back to Shtar because it's worthless. But if there's an outside reason that makes me make sure I get that Shtar back, then it kicks in the taina, why didn't you get it back? So this is like a, 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 you know, a backward svara almost of why we're going to paskin, you're not nemen to say parati. Really, we paskin like the Rift. Really, we paskin like the Mechaber and the Shach. That if it's strictly Jews and nothing else, you're right, you're believed to say parati. But says the Tumim, since there's a Dina de Machusa, and he'll go to court, or if he doesn't, he can give it to a guy who'll go to court, and in court they'll say, listen, you got a document, you got to pay. That in itself shows, he writes, that nobody, if you paid, you don't leave it by the lender's hand. So then, minhadin, you can't tie a parati. Because of the din of the Malchusa, now we have a reason to say you should have gotten it back. So now the halacha is that you're not nemeth to say parati anymore. So it's not because of the actual Shulchan Aruch, it's a technical thing, circumstance, that now made it that there's this taina that you cannot say parati. And he says this again, if you look right on the next page, on page 15, in the Pisgah Tshuva, um, he says, um, he says, um, you see where the gray line is over there in the Pisgah Tshuva? So start two lines before that. I don't know what the case was. In our case, that the document they had was like a later date. It was post-dated. You see it on page 15? So, so even in Dina de Machusa, it's an invalid star. So says the Tumim. So in this case, if it's not going to work in the courts, so that helps far is out. So all we're back to is the Dintaira. And in that case, So it really depends on the circumstance. So you could have something that the Dintaira is dependent on if it's accepted in the Gaiusha law. Because that, again, it's not because we're following the Gaisha law, but this, that's why it was so important to understand the Svara here. The Svara is, well, I just leave it there because I don't care. But if there's a reason for me to care, then the Torah Halacha applies. Very Geshmak of Shtar Chabiyadi, my boy. Okay. Um, they don't say that originally. Right, they were going in just in the Halacha. The Tuming is saying that Bizman Hazen, in his days, the Yadis Hamish lived in the 1600s, 1700s, saying in his days, so, you know, so again, so this would, this would, um, 
it, you know, this plays a role Bizman Hazeh as well. You know, if it's something that theoretically could end up in court and be proven there, so then that's enough that I'm nervous about it to leave it by you. Um, um, okay, let's do, just do a drop more if you don't mind. And um, another very Gishmak alum, the Shishtikl. Let's go to page 17. Um, and um, this is when you have an actual star. When you have an actual star, um, you know what? Maybe I'm just trying to think one second. Um, you know what? Let's not do that. Let's do page 16 and we'll end that, that for this evening. Because it's going to take too long to do 17. We'll do it on Wednesday. It's a very geschmack alum, this is tickle, and we'll do it. Let's do 17. It, 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 it's, I'm sorry, page 16, which continues. Um, in the theme that we're just talking about, um, on the top of the page there is Simon Samachtes Siv Gimel. So we read so far Simon Samachtes Sif Aleph and Beis parts of it. Now Siv Gimel. Ksav Yodoi Shehichtim Edem Achar Chasimosay. Let's say you have a, a, a document and you signed your name at the bottom, but then after your name you put Edem. So. There, there would be a question, what are the witnesses coming to do? Are the witnesses coming to validate your signature? Or are they coming to validate the entire document? And this is always, you have a, a, and the Gemara talks about this in cases, what are the Adim coming to do um, to validate? Now if the Adim are the only one signed on the document, so it's obvious that their testimony is on the document. But over here, we want to, let's say you wanted to make sure that, or the, the Malva wanted to make sure that this signature will be, you won't be able to say in Besden, I didn't sign it. So he has two witnesses that validate, notarize, it's basically a notary. They notarize your signature. So what are they doing in this case? So if it's, if it's, they're written after your signature, it's not to validate your signature, a lekaim ha'inyan. And therefore, parati. Normally, when it's my signature, the mechaber held, you could say parati. But if there's two witnesses signed on it, so again, if the witnesses are just validating my signature, they're not giving any more weight to the star, I would still be able to say parati. Says the Shulchan Aruch, no. Those two witnesses are not here to only to validate your signature. They're here for the whole Indian. So this is actually... A, um, a rag, uh, this is actually a, um, a, uh, a star that has Edom on it. Now if you look at the Shema on the top there, he says, It's not written in the terminology of a star. It's written as an IOU. So if that's true, it might not get the weight of a shtar like to put a lien on your nechazim. Because all those intricacies of a shtar with blank spaces, all that type of stuff it doesn't have. So therefore we're not, we're not sure. On one hand it has witnesses, which would seem it's a shtar, but the rest of it doesn't look like a shtar. The rest of it looks like an IOU. So which one is it? So says this, you're right, it's not really a shtar with all the weight of a shtar that it puts a lien. So now why am I not allowed to say parati. So the Sma says the reason is because when it's just my signature, 
I'm not so makbid. The minute there's witnesses on it, whatever weight those witnesses give makes me nervous. It makes me nervous, and therefore I will not leave by you a star that has my name with two witnesses on it. So again, it's the same svara as the rib. The svara is, will I leave the star there? Ksav yadi, I'll leave there. If we said if it could be, uh, if it could be uh, enforced in a court, I won't leave. In this case, when there's two witnesses on it, says the Sma, once witnesses are in a star, even if it's not with all the, all the chumras of a star, I don't leave that in your rishus. That's a little too scary for me. So, Mimela, since I won't, so therefore, if you have it, I can't say parati. Because we'll say, my boy, and Bez Hashem, we will continue on Wednesday with this continuation of this.